How are you, mate? Good, mate, Carl. How are you going? Good, mate. I'm just hoping it's cracked a Pepsi Max and it's going down a treat. That's not bad. I mean, I decided to tea. What flavour, mate? Earl Grey. English breakfast. Tetley All-Rounder, mate. Tetley All-Rounder. You can't go wrong with a Tetley All-Rounder. Every cricket team needs needs a good All-Rounder. Jacques Callis, greatest All-Rounder of all time. It's not a bad pick. I mean, Australia don't really have a good All-Rounder at the moment. We haven't had a good All-Rounder for... Or I would I would say quite some time. Well, we, well Cameron Green has the potential to be a good all rounder, but he's still very young. Before yeah, yeah. Tommy, I need to tell you a quick story because enlighten me, mate. Enlighten me. Saturday night after a twelve hour day, twelve hour turnaround into another twelve hour turnaround, twelve hour day. You know how we do it. This is what we do. That's what we do, mate. <clears throat> I'd been talking to uh, the wife, and she'd be sort of just been chatting to me, up feeding, you know, pumping the milk out, feeding, just having a bit of a go. It's having a crack. So she rings me at about two, I'd say two thirty-five-ish, right? On my way home, absolute panic in her voice, and I mean panic. So the first thing I've done is put my foot to the floor because I'm like, "Fuck, there's something wrong with the boy. I've got to get home quick." I said, "What? What's wrong? What's wrong? What's wrong?" She goes, "Hurry up! You need to get home. You need to get home." So I've shit myself, right? I'm deep panic. You're putting your foot to the floor, mate. I had the foot to the floor, so. And then she, I said, what's wrong? She goes, there's a spider. So I've taken my foot off the fucking pedal, right? <laughs> my my wife, bless her soul, has been known to exaggerate things, okay? Just a touch. So she will call a massive spider something the size of a 10 cent piece. She really carries on, and it's almost caused me to bloody have an absolute catastrophe Saturday night. So I've slowed right down. I've said to her, I'll be home in a minute. And I can hear him talking to her mother in the background. And her mother's going, there's a spider. Now, for lack of a better term, her mother can be a fuckwit. She's a good woman, lovely woman. Lovely woman, but can be a fuckwit. So, I've slowed down, right? I'm on my way home and thinking, I've got to go home, get this spider, blah, 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 blah. I get into the house. They're saying, it's the biggest spider I've ever seen. I'm still not convinced. It's the biggest spider I've ever seen. It's the biggest spider I've ever seen. It's gone behind the walk-in robe in Kaylin's room. So I've gone in there to have a look. I can't see anything. I'm a bit apprehensive because I'm not real good with arachnids. Yep, yep. And I've looked behind the cupboard, can't see anything. And I've looked down. And it's and behind the cupboard, I see this spider, right? And she's a big hula, right? So I've gone, holy fucking shit. Got to go and get myself some uh, Mortine with the long tip on it to get into the hard-to-reach places. And I've seen, I'm like, oh, this is pretty big, but like, you can't see it because it's behind a cabinet against a wall. Yeah. I've gone out, sp- come back in, come back in like fucking Brendan Fraser in The Mummy trying to get rid of the uh, those scarab <laughs> things, whatever they're called. <laughs> right, and I've sprayed behind the wall and I thought, right, I'll give it a sec to come out. And I'll put my foot on it. What come out from behind this cupboard was like something out of fucking Starship Troopers. The motherfucker was that big, right? It reared at me. It lifted its legs and reared at me. So I, in all my glory, have shit my fucking pants and run away. (laughs) Good dad. I've shit, run away, and then I've thought to myself, I can't do this. I can't live my life in fear. I have a child who depends on me now. 
So I took up arms against it. I've taken up arms. I've got me spray and I'm ready. And it is, it's on its back feet. Honest to God, if it had boxing gloves on, it looked like Mike Tyson. It was that big. So I'm shitting myself. Spraying it. I've near poisoned everyone in the house. Don't, don't worry about a spider killing you. You'll be poisoned by Mortine in this house now because I've sprayed the living shit out of it. And uh, stood on it. And then all that carry on almost died because my wife uh, sent me home. So that's my story for you, Tom. Jesus Christ, mate. Mate, that was my Saturday night after after two 12 hours. So, moral of the story. You, you've expected this little, you know, little pee of a spider. Nothing, and mate. You've gone Mike in Tyson. and it's the, it's the holy mother load. Mate. The, it's, the queen. Jesus Christ, that's all I'm saying. That's ridiculous. Anything going on with you? What's happening in your life? Talk to me. Oh, mate, I mean, there's not a great deal right now. Oh, actually, I've been trying to sort my bloody car out. I had a look at one today. Uh, that's about... That'd be the most exciting thing. I had a look at one. Uh, it's it's yeah, it's a wild track, so it's uh, the top of the range model. You obviously, sexy little devil. Obviously, you, you sexy know, little yeah, devil. You know what I'm talking about. Um, yes. Same year, same year model as mine, so the 2011. Yes. Um, but it's got all the. It's all kitted out. It's got the canopy. It's got. Um, it's got a tow bar in the back. It's got a winch. It's got everything. So it's all kitted out, ready to go. Uh, I just don't want to overpay for it. So yeah, I wanted to test drive it, but it was up on a mound, like as like for show. So like yeah. it, it was like the best in the yard type thing. Kind of so um, I could they couldn't get it down. They're like, oh well, yeah, have to come back tomorrow. And I was like, yeah, I will be coming. And uh, right so I'll I'll go back tomorrow and do a, do a test run. And if uh, if she feels good, then then I'll, uh, I'll well I'll put a look, mate. You know what kind of yards are like. So animals. I'll, uh, I'll uh, I'll negotiate. That's how I stay Eskimos. If they uh, they well, yes. I, honestly, that's my old man. He could sell sand to the Arabs. I, I wish could he. he? In, I wish he was in Brisbane, mate, because he's the best hagger in the game. He just does he's, not take. He goes real good on the tongue, eh? Very good, mate. Very good. Sly so, tongue, Vic. I am. Uh, I don't have that skill, so I, I'm going to have to try a different different approach. I'll end up and, overpaying uh, for stuff because I just. I won't overpay. I'll uh, I always do. I, I won't overpay because I know what I want, and I know. See, the beauty of it is, is that because it's a 2011 model, and yes. it's a, I've had that model, so I know exactly what's what's in it and what's good about it. Um, I know the feel of it, so I feel like it'll drive just like mine. It's yes. just kitted out because it's a wild track. Like it's got the side steps when you open it. It's got the chrome bits along the door. It says wild track, so it's neat. Leather interior. Um, I really like it. It's 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 blue. Which is a bit gay because I don't like blue, but it's a nice yeah. blue. Like it's a metallic yeah. nice blue. Um, the job. Yeah, it'll do. Like it's got this like because the wild track uh, lettering is in gold, and then Beautiful. which is cool. But then they have like this gold strip on the bonnet, which again looks naff. But I mean, you can always mm. just fucking spray it if it really bothers you. But that was that was me for the day. That's what I've been thinking about because I've been trying to get a bloody loan, and the banks are fucking me around. You know what it's like. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah, it's been a bit of a nightmare. But other than that, yeah, just car. And uh, looking, looking after the big fella, as always. Very good. He's, he's up on his all, he's up on his feet, so he's moving around. It's a bit of a challenge. Put some boots on him. Get boots on him now, or give him some golf clubs, or give him a tennis racket, something, and get him in early <laughs> and monetize him. Oh, absolutely. Not a monetize him early. I have been on the young fella. He's... He's on his back all the time, or he's a bit upright, whatever. I've been putting his feet in positions to hook balls in from the left. So, <laughs> hopefully, we've got a weapon on our hands. 
no one really cares about our lives other than us, Tommy, anyway. So what, what do you want Basically, to Basically, mate, I know. Speak to I mean, me. What do you want to talk to me? Oh, mate, there's a bit going on. There's a bit going on. In the on, sporting there? world, there's a lot going on in the arena. I would, I would like to quickly touch on the absolutely dismal performance from the Wallabies against the uh, the All Blacks in the Bledisloe. I think it's 16, 17 years or whatever it is we haven't won it. Absolutely disgraceful. They've got rid of the Giddo rule, which I think is a great thing because why would you let your best talent just leave because they don't want to play in the country anymore because you're not going to pay them enough because you're a joke of an organisation. What do you reckon? What do you think about that? Did you watch the game? Did you see how it went? Um, look, I think it absolutely is way overdue because the Wallabies haven't, honestly, if you really want to be honest about it, like I said, it, um, like I was saying before, that they haven't been any good from about 2003. Like literally since the last World Cup here, yes. yeah. they've been on a they've been on a slow decline because yeah, they got their fucking finger in their ass and they created this bloody law that, that ghetto law that yeah you couldn't if you were overseas you couldn't play for the Wallabies and it just fucked them. And not only that, rugby union in uh, sort of like grassroots level, so in school level and, and and for the younger kids, it's not as big as it used to be. It's yep. not as prominent as it used to be. So there's there's a problem oh. there. They need to invest in the grassroots again. Um, because yes. I can remember growing up when I was young, Australia was the best rugby union team in the world. Um, well, without a shadow, of, without a shadow would, of a doubt. Without a shadow of a doubt. I, I would like to get the opinion of our uh, producer, El Producerino, when it comes to this, because he is our... He's the rugby expert. union. He's the rugby he's the, don, as a, they would say. The king of the spring box, um, Andrew, please feel free to chime in with what your opinion on this rugby debacle is, because as far as I'm concerned, I'm disgusted. I'll just give you a quick correction there. It's 19 years now. That the Nine, nine, that's what, all right. So, even better, Jesus. how good? Even um, better. I think it was always a tough ask for them as well, because of, obviously, Corona. <laughs> they had to play back-to-back games at Eden Park. Um, yeah, but which it doesn't matter. It's true. I mean, they did look a lot better in the first game, but they got absolutely pumped in the second game. Yep. Totally outclassed. The Wallabies have such an issue. They really haven't been a danger since that 2003 World Cup. Um, they've had times where they've looked dangerous because um, yep. they did make the World Cup final in um, 2015. Yes, that's right. Um, but like, they never looked like but they were going to win it. No, I didn't think so either. You know, and they, re- you like you said, they really do have a problem with grassroots. Um, grassroots playing. is 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 gone, and I think it the grassroots issue stems from how poorly an organisation Australian rugby runs it. It is so poorly done. If you look at grassroots rugby league, for example, there is more girls playing grassroots rugby league, I reckon, than there would be boys playing grassroots rugby. Oh, for sure. The um. The whole the administration of the RA, I believe it's called now, um, has been absolutely shocking over the past fifteen years. They have mismanaged <laughs> their money. They they relied on all the the um from two thousand and three. They had a huge injection of cash from the World Cup. Yes, um, monstrous, yeah, monstrous, and, that, and that's, it was millions yes, of dollars. That's right, and that saw them through all the way up until the two thousand and thirteen British and Irish Lions tour. And now yes. you know this. Now they're in panic mode. Absolutely. You know, now, the, I they, remember in 
the early 2000s, there was all this talk of like Australian rugby has this war chest and they're stacked and they were, they were buying every good NRL, like all these good rugby league players were going across, Matty Rogers, Wendell Saylor, Lottie, like they're at the peak of their powers playing rugby league and they were like poaching them for big money. They couldn't be touched. And then all of a sudden it stopped and everything went sour and it went sour fast. Well, if you remember too, Carl, like that was always the thing, wasn't it, years ago? Like I remember watching Rugby League and Union that yes. the league stars would always leave because there was way more money in Union and they would always go. Money. All the best way players, that's why Carmichael, fuckface, Hunt went. Um, we don't yeah, feel first, but it's, it's, yeah, yeah but you, you know what I mean, yeah. But they all leave, the, like you said, the best players at that time, like Wendell Sayer and Lottie, they were the best players in the league. Like, they were the best wingers in the game. And they left because of the money. And they were the peak, and they were the peak of their powers too. Like yeah. they were, they were Australian Queensland wingers, and off they popped to rugby, which they didn't have to do as much work physically, but the god, their back pockets were stacked. And what has happened? Where is the pull now? What's where's the appeal? Like you know what I mean? Like there's Adam Dewey, for example, from the West Tigers, and the five eight there. He's been pulled from rugby. Like there's all these other players who've been pulled the other way now, and they're being pulled before they even start. So. There's something really, really sad going on with rugby, with rugby in Australia at the moment, and it needs to be fixed. And I don't know if what the current agenda of picking, like, I, I don't know how they're going to fix it because it's like there's no pride in the jersey when when you watch these guys run out and play. Well, it's it's, it's exactly that when you know those three guys got caught, you know, having a bit too much booze, yes, yes. you know, and like you think in a professional setup like that. With the Wallabies, you're playing like maximum ten games a year. Yeah, you know, and like they like they're all allowed to have a drink. They're all you know, but there was a curfew. Yes, um, and you think these guys would take that seriously? They're on huge money, and you know, huge money. But if if you look at like <clears throat> I look at other, I look at like the world powers at rugby at the moment, which is South Africa and New Zealand, and even in England, right? You yep. look at how well the All Blacks structure is from the very very bottom like from the youngest kid all the way every single one of those people want to play for the all blacks and they want to do their best every time they play and i think it's the exact same thing with south african rugby like well 195 in south african rugby 1995 when they had the world cup there after fucking years and years and years of apartheid and turmoil and the great man Mandela brings the country together. Look at South African rugby from there to now. And you could say Australian rugby's flipped and gone to where South African rugby was, minus the crazy amounts of racism. I mean, it, yeah, I, I, I mean... I have a... I have a... Just before Trick chimes in with the South African part, but I have another thing to add to it. I think this... I think this plays a part. Um, it's not all of it. Like you said, they are... You, whatever they're called now. Um, they are useless and they spend all their cash and they have nothing left. But I do think the large part of it... and. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I do feel like a lot of Australian supporters for sport are very bandwagon supporters. I'll give you an example. So Australia oh, haven't been great I don't think since... So. Not, I'm, not, I'm not saying all of them, but I'm saying a lot of majority of them. So Australia have not been great since 2003. And it, it's not a coincidence that Australian rugby has gone to shit and now nobody's in the stadiums because nobody wants to watch the games, nobody wants to invest because see, it's a there's... Lot- there's no good players anymore. They're not winning. It's, it's, I don't think it's no coincidence that there seems to be no money and no, uh, there's, there's a lack of fans in the stadium and, and all that type of stuff. And coincidentally, Australia is shit. 
Um, whereas in other countries like South Africa, like New Zealand, South Africa, that rugby team doesn't matter if they're shit. Those fans are always going to be there, and that country Rug- is going to follow yeah. its team. The same rugby with New Zealand. Is, um, rugby is well, their national sport, though. Exactly, exactly. Rugby, and, and I know that that's, that, but that's what I'm getting to. That apart from the AFL and rugby league, because those two sports, I think, are so um, founded in this country's history, and yeah. like this, that goes back for years and years and years and years and years. It's ingrained in the culture. Exactly. That, those yeah. two sports are easily the, the two biggest sports in this country, right? And yes, they'll never right. drop. So, but see, that's... in 2003, I think Australian rugby may have been stronger than those two because Australian rugby was massive in the early 2000s. Exactly. It was, it was but so they, why, they benefited it, it. It can't be just because the fall-off of like talent. It's something in the back of in, in the back of house that's been managed so poorly to that no talent wants to play the game. I you think it's a combination of things, though, Carl. Because, like, you... Like, so... It's a combination of them, obviously, spending all their cash from the 2003 World Cup. So they had the World yep. Cup, and that really galvanizes a country, a World Cup. So it's at its Absolutely, peak, it does. And they, and, they, and they throw all their money away, right? Then the country, like, admittedly, the rugby team's gone to shit, right? So then the fans start to back off. Well, oh, well, we're not winning much anymore, so I'm not really invested in rugby union as I used to be. And meanwhile, the kangaroos are bloody winning every fucking World Cup known to man because they're so good. And so slowly you lose that... That that sort of so if you think from two thousand three to now two thousand twenty one how long is that? Oh, 20, uh, eighteen years. Exactly. So if someone's born in two thousand three, an eighteen year old now, what do they watch when they were ten years old? That's two thousand thirteen. They're not watching Union because the team's shit. So they think, oh, well, I'll go watch so the Kangaroos. I'll go watch Greg Inglis. I'll go watch Jonathan Thurston, and they're awesome. And they grew up wanting to be rugby league players. And I'm not saying that's all the reason, but it's a massive part, and it's it, it ebbs and flows. So like. Australia was so good in 1991, and so for that next ten sort of ten-ish years, you breed really good players because your country's at its peak of its powers. Mm. But yeah. rugby, you know? rugby's draw, rugby's draw card in Australia in those early years was the fact that if you were playing rugby league on the fringe or whatever, you could go over for huge money. They had absolutely the money to draw you over, and the money's gone. Absolutely, yeah. That, that's it the is. major problem. Is it's the absolute mismanagement back of house. Yeah. When it comes to it, it's a disgrace. well. Look at them. Look at them with Fox Sports. They, they've gone over to Stan, and you can't tell me that going to Stan is a better decision than being on Fox Sports. I, I can't the, say rug, that. Rugby league and AFL have their own channels for God's yeah, sake. Yeah, they try to exactly. strong on um, Fox Sports, and it backfired on them. Yeah, a couple of things I want to touch on there. So, with in regards to South Africa, New Zealand, one hundred percent that like that's religion over there. Absolutely, growing it's up, the ultimate. Um, you have so much pride in those jerseys. You know, there's also less competition in sports. So when I grew yes, up in true. South Africa, it was pretty much um, cricket and rugby union. Rugby, yeah, um, exactly. And, and it's like, very similar in New Zealand, but New, but cricket is even like New Zealand's the number one. Or I think they're still the number one test team in the world. They are, yeah. I cricket. think they either are the number one or the number two. Yeah, they've got number one, two, or three. Like the All Blacks are right up there. New Zealand in world sport at the moment is unreal for a place that small. Doing that well in two major sports, crazy, un- unbelievable. Yeah, well, I think New Ze- the All Blacks are the most successful sports team of all time. Well, and you would never. I don't think you could even argue that. I think their winning percentage, like, there's no other team that comes close, like in in I, a professional era. Now, when I, you know, how people always have these like, what if the Wallaby? Or what if the Kangaroos played the All Blacks? And what yeah, if that, bloody, didn't that almost what happen? If you, like, 
yes, last, last year, year before. or the year before, yeah. But it, I, that to me is an outrageous idea because they're two completely. Yes, they're similar sports, but they're so different. You just have yeah. But what are they playing in? They're playing in league or they're playing in unit? Because they're playing well, they like kangaroos playing playing every game. Win. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You can't have a hybrid if they. But like, you could never do it. it. To me, it would make no sense because you would either have to say, "All right, we're going to play a game of league, and then we'll play round two will be a game of rugby." And of course, the kangaroos are going to win the league, and of course, the wallabies are going to win rugby. Yeah, you're never going to yeah. get a competitive result. No, and so you, I like how you can put the two and two together. But I, agree, I think I agree with you, Andrew. They are, a, they're the powerhouse of world sports, yeah. especially at the international stage, because to bring people together from different provinces that play against each other all year and consistently win and to win so convincingly is amazing. Yeah, it's absolutely amazing. And, and a big problem with the Wallabies too is because like they. They have this whole thing of like, and like they love to dish it at South Africa, saying South Africa plays boring rugby. Um, so yep. winning but like, rugby. That's exactly. I'll tell you what, if they had a winning team that was consistently winning over the, the, the last five, ten years, they wouldn't have an issue yep. putting in bums and seats. Exactly. Because nope. nobody, yeah, nobody questions a winning team, you know, if it's that's boring exactly or not. That's right. Um, but, if, but if you look at like, and this is where I think, Tommy, your point has some. Uh, I agree with your point about how fans can be uh, fair weather to an extent, but you look at the AFL and majority of rugby league, minus like the Broncos and the Titans, but that, that people are rusted on to the team that they love that they see week in, week out. It's different yeah, when it comes to because the international it's, it's game. Very, because you it's don't have allegiance to these people. Like I, if I, like I, I go for the Brumbies, obviously I love the Brumbies, but it, I don't really give a shit if bloody Michael Hooper's playing for Australia because I don't like the bloke. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's it's a lot easier to almost turn your back on the country that playing than it is to turn your back on your team that you support week in, week out. Yeah. And I can, I, I can attest to that because, like, I obviously, you know, I'm a Liverpool fan to the day I die and I, I always put them first and I don't really give a shit about England. Like, if England lose, I don't really care. Um, well, that's because the whole it's thing my club. The EPL you know what I mean? club before country, isn't it? And, and, yeah, yes. And, yes. and and I guess being a, a sports fan is kind of like that, isn't it? Because you get very tribal and you you love your club. And when it comes to some international sports, you're not really you're not engaged as, as what you should be. I don't know. I don't know if I'm the only one that feels that. No, I agree. But, I'm very happy you said that, Tommy, because I've wanted to talk to you about this for a while. Mm. That the what what sport in a whole does, it, whether it be international or whether it be local or whether it be eleventh league fucking in France, there's a tribalism and a passion that you can't really find elsewhere in life, right? There is something about riding the highs of winning and feeling the lows of losing that you can't get elsewhere when it, outside of sport. You know what I mean, like. That, yep. that is to me the ultimate draw card. I like. I love the end result, right? But I also love the stories of the game. I love where people come from. I love how they get there. I love the stats. I love everything about it. But there's something about riding the emotion of a great season, like the Knights, for example. Three wooden spoons in a row, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Awful time, awful time. But you look at him now, Daniel Saifidi, who played through that whole thing, playing for New South Wales. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's there's little stories inside of it that are amazing that's which i think is what makes sport so worldwide and so universally loved you know what i mean well it's like a family isn't it it's like you're coming together when you when you support when you invest in a club and whoever you support even 
Even Man United supporters, even bloody, even bloody our man Trig right here. You know what I mean? Like they get fucked. Yeah, yeah. Like there's a culture about every football club that you support, and you invest in that, and you all feel as one. So when something happens, you feel like it happens to everybody, and there's yeah, there really is no way to explain it. Like when the fans get together, when you're watching the game, and like you said, when or when you win a title, or when you win a game where you shouldn't have won a game, or you know, you make anything, you make sort of a run or something like that, or a young or kid you, or you debuts. Lose you lose a close one, or you get flogged. Yeah, or you lose a player, and like, yes. um, he was your best player in your club, and then he goes somewhere else, and you played him for the first time, and it's just all these little, little things um, that make it so great. And yeah, I mean, each sport is obviously uh, got their own individual things that happen and make it so great. Like, the things that make football great are different to the things that make union and league great, That's right. and AFL They're great. Different. Um, and they all have but, their own things, but ultimately, what it boils down to is like you know, if just being a sports fan, it all has the same feeling. Exactly. Every no matter what sport you follow, right, whether it be golf, motorsport, ping pong, if you're passionate about it, you're going to get the same feeling I get than I, when I watch the Knights run out. You know what I mean? That and that is a universal thing that I think is what it's. It's really beautiful. In a, in a way, you know what I mean? Like it brings, look what sport did going back to rugby for South Africa with that 1995 World Cup. I was Mandela, just, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I was just going to promise that. I was just going to say like Mandela had the quote, sport, sports have the power to change the world. It has the power to inspire, inspire if, the if, power to unite people in a way that little else does. Like if, and if you look at that story, right, from when that man being in jail for 20, 27 years, the white population being absolutely terrified is going to come out with retribution. And he comes in and he says, I'll get you the Rugby World Cup, trust me. And then apartheid abolished, people starting to come together, blacks and whites cheering in the same thing. South Africa, lift, which which is the ultimate... This For me, 1995 Rugby World Cup is the ultimate sporting story there is. I don't think anything can beat it in my lifetime and I don't think anything will beat it while I'm alive. I really think... That story from start to finish is the best sporting story you'll ever see. Discuss. It, 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 well, it changed the way an entire country viewed one another. Andrew, and you would know much more about this being South African. Yeah, it's... But, well, but, when Nelson Mandela did come out of jail, a lot of people were worried. But, I mean, he... I th- he said... Nelson Mandela said something like, if he came out hating, you know, the people who the put him in there... The country would have went into civil war. Yeah, if he came out hating the people who put him in there, he'd never be free again. That's right. Something along those and, lines, yeah. And and it, the country would have went into civil war and turmoil, and it would have been, it would have been one of the bloodiest race wars that the planet's ever seen. But R- Nelson Mandela used rugby to get the emotions of the entire country into one place, and look what it's done now. Look where they are now. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it, three it's, World Cups it's, later. Three World Cups later. It is the to me, it's the most amazing sports story I've ever seen. Yeah, it's pretty hard to argue with that. Uh, in terms of bringing a, a nation together and then the turmoil that happened, it's it's pretty hard yes. to to find well, something even, else. If you that look, even... like the the All Blacks were would not play against South Africa prior to that because the world was going crazy watching what was what happening. Well, South Africa was barred from playing. South Africa was barred from world sports. Yeah, and I think there was there was rebel cricket tours and all this bullshit. Yeah, but but that. That Rugby World Cup, even if South Africa lost, it was still going to be a win for the for South Africa and the world in whole. 
But the the sweetener that they won under the circumstances that they did, I really think you would be hard pressed to find a more amazing sports story. I really do. No, I'm trying to think off the top of my head, like just what I can, you know, uh, what I can think of with grand finals or whatever and this is what i mean and world cups and it's it's, the- it's 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 pretty hard to i mean the, the, the only thing that in my head that comes close to something being amazing but for different reasons like because you have a country uniting together that's pretty hard to beat because that's like yes. it's big on a on a social level and everything well, like that a, but it's big on a global level exactly but the, the only thing that comes close in terms of a sporting thing is is, is for me is less than winning the league in 2016 because that absolutely that'll, that'll never I- ever ever be done again I agree, and that, and on a different level. But see, it's the same, and that's what I was talking about before when it comes to passion and stuff about sport. Those people would feel the same way about Leicester winning than I assume South Africans felt when they watched um, Francois Pinot lift the trophy above his head. Oh, absolutely! If you're a Le- being a Leicester yeah. fan, and the pride of being a South African. If you you're know? a Leicester fan, that's that's you don't care. Well, for starters, if you're a Leicester fan watching football, you're not a fan of. Of rugby union, I wouldn't imagine so, right? No, so to them, no. they wouldn't care about that. So in their I eyes, I don't think there's many people like us that enjoy. Not, yeah. Look, look. There's there'd be a few out there, obviously, uh, but I not. not I hope there are. If you are out there and you love all sports, get in touch. Already, I love you. I love you already. You're a good person. I don't know how you can just like one singular sport. I, no, I, I struggle. I can't. I can see how it can, it can be so tribal, but I. I like to put my passions into all different sorts of sports because then I'm never. You'll never be bored because there's always going to be something going on. It's just too interesting for me. I, I just, I'm just interested in it's the stories that get the, me. Stories, the stories, yeah, and the success of everything. I mean, granted, absolutely. I may have a favorite sport, and I think that's pretty evident, and so do you. Um, yes, but absolutely, um, and a favorite. Team but but I yeah, but I still really enjoy everything I watch. The only thing that I've never really got into, and I. I don't know why. Maybe because it's just a little too boring for me. Is cricket? I just can't. I can't do cricket for some reason. I can watch see, a test between uh, England and Australia in the Ashes. I see that's just more tri- like again being tribal and patriotic. Do you, it, do you I like to watch it. I reckon that is right because you're English, right? And Australia's dominance in cricket from the eighties until probably, well, let's just say just before Ponting retired, the dominance was unbelievable right and england was pumped time and time and time again and this is where like on the other side of things where people will always some people will support their teams and this is what the english do i think almost better than anyone they will support in turmoil and loss regardless of what's going on like the barmy army will go everywhere if they're getting pumped every week because because the results travel everywhere yeah because results to english uh people uh, it doesn't matter because there's one thing you got to know, right? In, in the UK, there is nothing else like there's. So we're very fortunate in this country, and I, in some respects, Andrew could probably understand this being from South Africa. Like we're so fortunate to be able to do whatever we want. We can have so yes. many different hobbies, so many different things we can do. We can we can go four wheel drive. We can drive across the country and go to the beach. We can do whatever we want in this country, and uh, so sports not just the only focal point. Whereas in the UK, there's nothing else to do. There is sport. There's football, and some people are re- like uh, rugby is really massive in England, and, and obviously it's, cricket it really is, isn't it? And obviously Rugby's cricket huge. is, um, and that's you, so you go to work, and either you go to the pub, or you watch your game, and that's it. So that's why they get right behind all their country, like every sport that they play, they're right behind them. They don't care. The result doesn't matter because for them, that day when you the Saturday or the Sunday or whatever it is, it's the whole day. You wake up, you get into the pub. 
it's the singing along with all the, your other friends. It's yeah. all that environment, that whole atmosphere that day. Like when we went to uh, the Champions League final uh, in, in the casino in 2018 and 2019, back-to-back years, yeah. there was 2,000 of us to support us club. And that that time and that togetherness with everybody, drinking from like 10 o'clock at night till 4.30 in the morning, it's the best things that you'll ever experience. You're singing songs, yeah. you're together, you're, you're happy. You're all there for the same thing. You're and you're all there for the same reason. thing. You and, all want the one, the one thing. And, and that's why England fans continue to just, they don't care, they'll just turn up. And a lot of other places don't have that. We don't have that here because we have so many other different uh, luxuries in our life that it doesn't really, like, we're not in super invest. It's not the only thing that we can enjoy. Um, I agree. You know. I agree to an extent. And also, Jesus, if I was in England, I'd hate to be looking at those brown, brick, dirty old houses every day. I'd want to be going to do something else. Exactly. They are dreary, boring-looking buildings. You can't really go out much when you've got grey skies. So, you know, you've got to find True. enjoyment some. Yeah, somewhere else, and you know, football's very tribal. Very it true. always has been. So you know, but I agree. I mean, what well, are the states like, mate? What have they got? I mean, they've got the NBA and the NFL. Everything. A little bit I of topics to talk about. about. I do. I want to talk about something positive and positive for both of us. Real positive. I think that little chat was positive, but the balls, geez, they're shaping up to be beautiful, aren't they? Uh, mate, oh. I've got, I've got that list right here. I'm just briefly looking through. Uh, me, what do you reckon your starting five is going to be? And I guarantee you mine's the same as yours because, oh, my God, I'm getting harder than a horse. Uh, <laughs> so, for me, I think starting five right now, uh, you know, albeit injuries aside or whatever, so we don't yes. know what's going to happen. But it'll be Vucevic at the, at the far, uh, as the centre. And then... Isn't he uh, a weapon? Isn't oh, he, he's a superstar, man. Well, he was him and Zach Levine were all-stars last year, so that's that's yes. a very, very good sign. Um, so, yeah, Vucevic at the five. Yep. Pat Williams at the four. Absolutely. He was fucking unbelievable last year, man. That's it, right, mate. It, it, in a losing coming. effort for us, him, Vucevic, and Levine were really good. Yeah, they were, mate, and I'm very, very excited. I think we he's, were, he's, he's very young. We were let down in, I think, the control of games by our guards, Kobe White and... Um, I don't know who the other fucking bloke is, but I think they let us down with, with sort of the control, which where Lonzo will change that for us. So I think I, I've, I'll just finish off my five, and then I'll talk about. Go on. So um, DeRozan at the three, which I think yes. is oh, massive. I think huge. that's a massive signing for huge. us. Um, Zach Levine, obviously at the two, best player in our team, and then uh, Lonzo Ball at the one, and then you're going to have this is a really exciting thing in the second unit. We're going to have Wendell Carter Jr., yep. Larry Markinen. Yeah, uh, Kobe White will still be there, Caruso. and then uh, uh, and Caruso as well. So, man, we're gonna have two, a, a good second unit that's still gonna be able to score points. A lot of times, like this year and for years past, pretty much since Rose left, um, we'd have like sort of a, a decent-ish first five, and then yeah. once the fucking subs come on and you get that Russell. second unit in, we just Dog fall shit. into the trash. But yeah, back to Alonso. Um, I think what's really exciting about it is because. Apparently, he got approached by a lot of teams, and they kind of wanted him to be uh, a point guard that was going to get you a lot of points as well. So, like maybe average twenty to twenty-five points a night, as well as being that, that. as well as being that facilitator for them, right? But why he signed for the Bulls is because apparently they came out and said, "Look, we just want you to be you. We just want you to be the point guard. You don't need to go score twenty points. We don't even care if you score five, but." Because we've got Zach Levine, we've got DeRozan, we've got Vucevic, yep. that they're going to be our three main scorers, Pat, right? Pat Williams can put up 15, 20 easy. Yeah, he can. So Lonzo doesn't have to be, he doesn't have this pressure of trying to get all these points, which admittedly yep. he's not great at. He's got better, 
Um, like his three point percentage last year was better. His free throw percentage was better last year. But he's not he he's not a scorer. He's he's no. a pass first uh, orientated point guard. Whereas you know he, I like to call him like an old school point guard because point guards nowadays are these like athletic fucking freaks yeah. that can you know dunk what? from the free throw line and, and pull up from fucking forty. But Fuck. he's an old school point guard and he could just go out, get his ten to fifteen assists a night and just play his best. His best basketball because he is well, an actual really good point guard. He's really um, good. He what is. I think he will do for us, and which I what I hope he does is I hope he takes sort of a Rondo esque role at like when he was at Boston. Well, that's and exactly just, right, and, and just runs the floor. Just just get, dish the ball out to the big boys. Let them do their thing. Let Zach Levine dunk from halfway. Let them do all this wild shit. But you just sort of control the tempo, defend really well because that's what he's going to have to. He's going to have to defend well. He's not a bad defender on the perimeter. He, he's a decent defender, but he's gonna have that, if he can just really lock in on get clean passes, dishing the ball off, and defending well. I think we're in for a great season, and I really cannot see us missing the playoffs this year. I well, think we'll probably be knocked out early, but I we're definitely gonna get there this year. I can see it. I think it's exciting, isn't it? Because like I, I think we have the potential with with that five. You look at that, and you think, yeah, okay, that that team can make a run at the eight. Let's not forget that if you're tenth. Now you're playing that sort yeah. of uh, that one-off, game. yeah, playoff game to make the eight. So even if we finish tenth or ninth, we still got a chance. You still got a I chance, just, exactly. But you know, it's just exciting because we went into this limbo over the last like five or six years where we weren't shit enough that we could require that we could uh, sort of accumulate assets and accumulate picks yes. and then rebuild through the draft. We would, we we couldn't do that, and then we weren't good enough because to we make tank. The so playoffs. Tankers. We would still exactly. play our best. And yeah. this is what I fucking hate about tanking, right? Can you imagine supporting a team who intentionally tanks? Right. Yes, it may pay off in the long run, but fuck me, what a disgrace. You're a professional well, organization. You should be out there trying your best every single time you play. That's what Stephen A says. Uh, you know, He talks about it all the time, and he talks about the 76ers, how they always used to come out and say, trust the process, trust the process, trust the process. But the issue with that is, is you're literally saying, we're going to be shit for years, but we still want you to come pay money to buy tickets exactly. and to watch us. And that's the issue. Like, If, if you're people still expecting be. people to invest, then you yeah. you should be trying your hardest. And if you're Coaches shit... You should be held to account. Coaches, yeah, if, 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 so, if you come out, right, as a coach of no matter what team you're in, right, anything, it's generally any sport that has a draft, right? So baseball, basketball, AFL, NFL, right? If you intentionally lose as a coach, so you go out there and you play a weaker team or you go out there intentionally to lose because you might get a higher draft pick, you should be sacked on the fucking spot. You, you are a disgrace. It's, there is no two ways about it. Most some people will disagree with me, but if if my team is shit, right, and we're we're shit and we're still trying our best, I'm still happy. I'm still going to be happy, even though I'm going to be sad with losing. As long as you give it your fucking all, I'm still going to I'll stop and pay me money. But if you intentionally tank, you can go get fucked. Yeah, and look, I'd agree with that. Um, I can understand where you come right. Again, I'll play devil's advocate. I think the problem is is that you get clubs. Well, I'll use Bulls for example. I don't think at any point we've decided to tank. I think we've tried to play. And the issue now becomes is you're at this point now where it's like, okay, well, we haven't genuinely tanked, but now we're just in limbo. We don't, we're not going anywhere. So either A, you pull the trigger and you uh, sign these players on big deals and you try to give it a go, or you tank and you try to acquire picks. So it's or sort of hard because... And, or you inspire the people you've got. If they yes. made it to the NBA, 
they're not shit. If they've made it to the NFL, you know, like when people say, oh, fuck, he's shit, that bloke, he's... There is no one, I think, Ed, that's ever been a professional sportsman that's legitimately been shit. They might not be cut out for the top league to be the best, but they're not shit. And they, they should be given every chance to succeed and prove themselves at that level. If you're going to tank on I've seen job, some busts in the draft, man. You ever yeah, see like, Anthony yeah, Bennett? That guy was yeah, useless. Yeah, he can be a bust, but it doesn't mean he's shit. Oh, no, he's shit. <laughs> he was well, terrible. Look, how he yeah, ever went you, first round went pick? On, yeah, but if you went one-on-one with him, how do you reckon you'd go? Oh, my. You That's what I mean. You know what I mean? You still, they're not me. shit. They're still not shit. They're, they're, they're somewhat talented at the sport that they're playing. The only way you would argue is if someone bought you into the team. And when Sarov Ganguly's dad bought him into the team, he still wasn't shit. You make a fair point there because AFL players, right, like, uh, they've got to make the players AFL. And, and, and sometimes you'll get, like, someone that's playing that, that didn't really cut it, let's say, Brisbane Lions, but they're yep. still a professional footballer. And exactly. they, they go down into the locals, like they'll play at Morningside or they'll play at bloody America Vat or something like that, and they, they play down, and they're like this absolute Gary Ablett in the team exactly. because because they're professional players. Even though, yeah, even though they can't you know make it in the big leagues, they're still like 10 they're times better. They're still they're, not shit. They yeah. just might not be cut out for the big leagues. But if, if you do make it, why is the coaching staff or the manager or whoever not trying to give you the best opportunity to succeed as the player you are? I'm sure they that, are. That I, be, I oh, see, oh, not if you're intentionally tanking, you're fucking not. Well, that that's an organisation uh, decision, Thanks. isn't it? So it's, it's not. It's not the coach. I wouldn't say the coach has gone. You know what? I want to tank to get to acquire assets. I, I believe that's an organisation decision. Well, they that, would that say they should be sacked. They should be fucking. But that's American sports, you know. That's disgraceful. This isn't this isn't Australian sports. I, it doesn't exist. I don't think it exists in Australia. I could be wrong. I don't think it exists. I'm not seeing well, you, a team genuinely. No, t- no, because we don't have drafts. No, there is an AFL, but even in the AFL, like I don't see teams be consistently shit. Like they'll no. be crap for a couple of years. And Carlton have been crap for ten plus years, and they're still crap. Like the demons so, were shit for fucking ever. Exactly. And now so it doesn't they, really like we were terrible really work. on the field. But look, look at us now. We're flying. But in American sports, for some reason, it seems to be in their culture that yeah. they'll be really good and then they'll tank and be shit for a while and reinvest. The only That's the only credit I would say. I mean, some teams, they don't do that. They always try to compete, like, regardless. Like, I can't ever remember – let's look at some – I can't ever remember the Boston Celtics ever being useless. They've always no. been a team that wants to win, regardless if it happens or not. The you Boston say- Celtics are or an organization yeah, that I they agree. always want to win. You can say the same about the Lakers, even though they had some lean years, right? Oh, mate! They, after after Kobe left, they, they were, were dreadful. They, they had about lean. three. They had three three years straight where they had uh, the second round pick, the, the second pick in the draft, three years yeah. straight. They were lean, very lean years. But do you think they tanked? Do you think the people who follow the Lakers, who are proud Lakers supporters, would allow it? Jack Nicholson's not going to sit there and let them tank. I don't think they tanked. I think what happened when Kobe left is they invested so much into Kobe Bryant they overpaid exactly. him that yeah. when he left, he left them fucked because he required he required so much yeah he required so much money towards the end of his deal that they had nothing left to acquire other assets so he kind of fucked them over in a way and then when he left and he bounced they had nothing they had no team left no core to build that's again what, so that, that's what makes, that's why they were shit that's what makes Tom Brady so great he takes unders his entire career. So that other players around him can be absolutely. Players, He's right? the most unselfish, uh, great but look player. Look how I've smart seen. it is. Look how smart it's. Look at what it's awesome. done for him. It's put him into a position where he's won seven Super Bowls, six with 
New England won with Tampa Bay, and he's still taken under so that other players can come back. It the makes man, you wonder he's why he's people don't do it. Well, because of greed, I would say. I greed. don't know. I'm, I'm not Absolutely. getting that money thrown at me. But I would prefer to be Tom Brady than I would prefer to be... It's easy It's easy to say that when we're Someone sitting here. When we're sitting here at the desk, aren't we? But, like... It's hard to say if if you're in a club and they offer you. I mean, NBA's got ridiculous. Dak, of look money. at Dak. Look at Dak yeah, for example. Exactly, Dak, Dak Prescott. They offer him that amount of money. Is he turning that down? Is he going? You know what? Done? You know what? I don't want to have that because I want to invest in a team. I don't think anyone's no. doing that. Tom Brady yeah, is a special type of man, and yeah, he is. And Tom Brady is a little bit. Like, he's probably an unfair excuse because he, when he started winning Super Bowls, he was still on. On deals that were yeah. that were relatively low at the t- like for well, the he was time, on his rookie and money when his first one in two thousand exactly, and yeah. money's changed now, and he's realised okay, well, I want to keep winning, so yeah. I'll, I'll take cuts. Whereas Dak Prescott's but, never won anything, and also there isn't like the cut. Giselle Bunchen's on more money than him. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Giselle earns more money than Tom per year, so he can take pay cuts with no worries with his supermodel wife earning fucking bank, but. He's still going to do it. He could still say, no, I want that money, but he doesn't. He says, give it to the teammates. Bring in some people who deserve it. Let's get him in here. Let's win. Well, just, yeah, yeah. It just depends well, on the player. Like, and look at Dak. What is, how can Dak deserve that money? That's what just the Cowboys, though. That's the Cowboys, though. They've got so much money. Uh, Jerry Jones is an absolute fucking tool. And I agree. With uh, you. They just throw so much money at a quarterback. So you said it yourself. They, they invested in Tony Romo and threw too much money at him. It didn't yep. fucking work, and now they're yep. doing the same with Prescott. And Prescott's got a fucking niggle in his shoulder, and I guarantee you, he'll be injured this year. I can see it. He's going to get sacked at some point, yep. or he's going to throw something or throw too much, and he's going to pull his fucking shoulder out because he's already their, he's already got some niggle. The line, the offensive line of the Cowboys, right? That is easily a top five offensive line in the whole. I'd NFL. argue. I would argue that at one point they were, they had the best offensive line in the game. Absolutely yeah. right. They had a sensational Travis Fredericks. They had oh, I can't remember that guy at right guard. Doesn't matter. They were they were stacked. Doug Free, all these Tyron Smith. They were absolutely stacked, right? And Dak still couldn't win games. Yep. And yes, their defense is poor. But Dak should be if if they're having thirty scored against them, Dak should be scoring thirty three because that's how good that line was. So, they had no excuse to. So Dak no. had had all the cover in the world. He had so much time. He could get yes. out in the pocket and pick his pick his whoever had, his target was. And he's was. had Zeke running the ball, just chewing up meters. But that's also another problem. They they have Zeke and they have not used Zeke. I feel um, they haven't used it properly. He's on his day easily probably. Oh well, him and Henry are probably the best running backs in the game. But Derek is Derek. Um, oh, Christian McCaffrey's really good. Christian, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey is very good, but he's unreal. He is unbelievable for a white man. He's he's, he's the, he is the best white running back ever I've ever seen. Uh, he, you ever. just look at him, and you think you ever. shouldn't be that good. He he like, shouldn't be that talented. No, because, it's look, crazy. If you, if, when when push comes to shove, being a running back is a black man's game. They're, it's they're so athletic, so powerful. White guys can't cut it usually. There was a guy who played for the Browns, I think, in 2010 named Peyton Hillis, right? He was a one-year wonder. He was a big, monstrous white fella. Fell off the face of the earth. And that's what Christian McCaffrey has, hasn't done, is he's still showing up year after year, which is which is good for him. He's definitely the best white running back ever. I, I can't pick anyone else above him. 
There's been some good. There's been some really good running backs, but yeah, I, I think Henry's probably the best in the game right now. He's just probably. his his blend of strength and speed Mate, is something power. that he's is, so yeah, powerful. It, his it's it's his power. Imagine is something trying that, to tackle him. I would literally shit myself if he was running at me. Like he's he's like six foot two, two forty at least. If he was yeah. running at me, I would piss my pants. I'd just shit and piss myself. There was nothing I could do about it. He would look <laughs> at me. It, it'd be like when. Greg Inglis was at the peak of his powers, right? He was just monstering people. If he was to run at you, you just may as well piss yourself. You just lay on the ground, piss and shit yourself, and walk off the field in embarrassment. I know, right? I mean, I couldn't stand it. He's too strong, too powerful, too big. Derek, who would you stay away? Who, from. who would you have? This probably your top three running backs of all time. Top three running backs got? of all time. My personal opinion, or so in my opinion, I've got, you go your personal opinion. Okay, number three, I've got Emmett Smith from the Cowboys. He yep. was unreal, but he was also in an unreal team. He had a really good quarterback in Troy Aikman and a really, really good wide receiver, Michael Irvin. That took a lot of pressure off him, but he still had to do the work. He really had to do a lot of work himself. Um, number two, this guy's an unsung hero, right? He's not, Curtis Martin. He used to play for the Patriots, and he yep. was just a battler. He'd just battle and battle and battle and battle and battle. Thousand yards, year in, year out, year in, year out. Ended up going to the Jets. I think he won one Super Bowl in 2002 with the Patriots, but I could be so wrong. And yep. my favorite ever, the for me, LaDainian Tomlinson, the greatest. LaDainian Tomlinson's in my top. Mate, just, he is, he was something else, that guy. He was, he was really the first one outside of Marshall Falk who would, he, he would get 100 catches a year on top of running the ball for 1,700 yards. Yep. The guy was a sensation. He wore that dark visor. He looked mean. He, was he holds nutty. the NFL record for most rushing touchdowns of the season. I 28. think it's 28. Yeah, 28. Yep. Priest Holmes got 27 the year after. was real close for the Chiefs. But, jeez, yep. that, that fucking AFC um, West was stacked for running backs back then. Oh, Priest Holmes, the Daniel Tomlinson at the same time. And then Clinton Porter's playing for Denver. Um Geez, the Raiders were shit then. Um, ah. But yeah, LT to me is is my best. Yours. Give me your top three. Who do you think is your top three running backs? So I'm I'm LT's my best too because I think yeah, mate. I don't know I don't know if it's the timing of when I've watched football um, or what, but I think he's he was a freak. Um, I'm number two. I've got Bo Jackson because I think yeah, that Bo Jackson oh, was an absolute freak Jewel. of an athlete. Just, Jewel International, yeah. as they say. Yes, he was a freak of an athlete. He could he could do anything. Um, anything. Play for play for the Raiders. The Raiders were great at that time. Yes, they um, were. and then my third because I just really like him uh, is Barry Sanders. I think Barry Sanders. Was yes, awesome. mate, he was a weapon. Barry Sanders was great. Uh, 15,000 15, career rushing yards. That is insanity. Never did never missed a never missed a thousand yard season either. And he was playing. He played injured quite a lot. You look at some of the people who have played for Detroit, right? Him, yes, mate. Megatron, <laughs> and you think, what's going on there? They get these weapons and they do fucking nothing. The Lions they're, are probably going to be the worst football organization of all time, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, well, yeah. before actually, before Brady, I'd say it was the Bucks. Nah, mate. They won a they won a bowl in two thousand and one or two. I think John Gruden won it with them. They they had, they were okay. They were they're relative. Oh no, not relative newcomers. They come around in the seventies. They were a joke at the start, but they they've they've gone through ebbs and flows. They win, they lose. They win, they lose. They'll win a bit more now. Bruce Arians mm-hmm. is a great coach. Their defense is top five in the NFL. 
they're they're stars. They're real stars. They're they're an ultimate bandwagon team. I think with the NFL, there's two bandwagon teams that everyone's on at the moment. Chiefs, absolute bandwagoners at the moment, except for of the course. Russell Don ones from from Arrowhead and the Bucks, absolute bandwagoners. See, not like my bears though, not like my mighty bears. Yeah, I know what you say. They won. So you know, I've just got it up in front of me. So they won Super Bowl two thousand two and then two thousand two, and then obviously last year. But I've also yeah. got that this in front of me, and. I would like you to guess because I know you love your football just as much as I do. And I want to yeah. know if you can guess. So I'll tell you, statistically speaking, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are the worst football organization that has ever yes. lived. They That's have lost the most football games yep. um, out of any team, right? So there's that. Now, who would you think has won the most? Won the most games ever? Yep. Green Bay Packers? Green Bay Packers and uh, yeah, Green Bay Packers and there's another team that's got more wins than them. Yeah, Chicago but they've Bears. Chicago Bears. Yeah, so, yeah. so the Bears they're, have got. They're the two oldest teams in the NFL. Like, exactly. They are old as shit. But you've got percentage here because obviously you win your loss and then the team yeah. the amount of times you've drawn. So if, yeah. if if you're going by percentage, the top three teams that have ever played football is Green Bay Packers yep. with a percentage of 569. Tied with Dallas Cowboys. Now that's crazy because Dallas Cowboys in the last twenty five years have been absolute trash. But they were jeez, great. They were, in the jeez, 90s. they were bigger than the eighties. They 90s, were, man. yeah, they were fantastic. And then rounding out third, which is insanity to me, but they haven't been around so long, so the percentage is probably you know um, it, it's it's relatively high because they only joined in nineteen ninety six. Is the Ravens? Um, you know what the Ravens? But the Ravens have always kind of been pretty for good. A while. See, they they've had some name changes, right? Like they were the Baltimore Colts for a bit. This is the thing with the NFL. There's a really interesting um, thing on YouTube about how each team has become what they are now. Like mm-hmm. the, the Detroit Lions were in and out like fucking ten times in the in the nineteen twenties and stuff. But the Ravens have had sort of a they had a rebirth from or Baltimore, I should say, had a rebirth when the Ravens come back in in ninety six. And you got to look since ninety six, they have been un they've been unbelievable in defense. Like you got to they have my had I mean, Ray Lewis, look. Terrell Suggs, Ed Reed, probably the most underrated safety ever. They are just fucking yeah, and, and Ray Lewis is underrated. Everybody knows how good Ed Reed is. Ray There's Lewis no, is easily the best linebacker that's ever. Been. What a, and what a hype man! Watch that big bastard oh, out dancing, mate. He's the best motivator. Like I'll watch him just on the nighttime. But I'll watch his motivational videos. It's incredible. Yeah. He, the guy, he's big that too, guy can hype up anything. He could. Anything. He could. He could hype up a dead body. He could put a yes. pipe back in a corpse. That bloke. It's he. He's, he goes all right. And man, he could he hit like a Mack truck? Fucking hit by that solid, bloke. solid as a rock. I see so many videos and like you know coaches are, um, you know they're they're telling their their receivers to go a certain way or, or whatever. And they pull them over the sideline. It's like oh. You know, why'd you change that play, or why'd you want me to 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 pull right and all that? And they're like, because they got Ray over that side. And it's Big like, fucking Ray Mundo. Man, That's fuck that like. guy, because that guy's going to kill you. So yeah, I mean, but yeah, Ravens have always been pretty good, man. I mean, and since '96, absolutely, they've been good. And then yeah. like, it's it's the ebbs and flows things, and I a lot of it hinges on, and you, a lot of it hinges on the quarterback you got. Like you look at the Packers since Rogers started playing, like. Rodgers is going into his 17th year, most ever by a Packers quarterback. They've been two tied at 16. Brett Favre and the other fellow, I can't remember who the fuck he is. Yeah, Brett Favre was obviously. Brett Favre. And then like yep. he was a winner, but he only won one Super Bowl. And then he hung around forever, just the rocket, just slinging everything. Yeah, but you look, Very, you look at the Packers. Like The Packers are probably, like people talk about like America's team or whatever. Like 
I know Dallas. they say it's it's Dallas and you know and all that type of stuff. But if you look at the Packers, they are arguably the most historic and they uh, are the most historic. And the, they the are, Bears Packers I mean, game look at, is the most historic game. I mean, look at Vince Lombardi. Pretty much, he has the trophy named after him. For yes, mate. The most historic game, in my opinion, not just because I'm a Bears fan, is either Bears Packers Soldier Field or Packers Bears Lambeau Field. There is nothing more exciting than that game. And it happens. Lam- Lambo Field, I, I love Lambo Field. I think it's incredible. It's old and ugly, but God, it's beautiful, isn't it? There's, there's a, something, there's there's a, something there's charming. There's an aura about it. it. Yeah, there's an yep. aura about it. And it just, there's a history about it. That's why Anfield and football, before it got upgraded and stuff, had this charm about it because yep. it just Absolutely. It had a soul. You know what I mean? That's right. And that's what, if you look at, like, going to rugby league really quickly before we shut this whole thing down because I'm sick to death of speaking to you. But um, if you go to rugby league, suburban grounds are where it's at. Nobody likes these big stadiums because they never fill out. They're lifeless. There's no joy in them. They pay a lot of money for the teams to go and play there. But if you put the Tigers at ANZ, go piss off. If you put the Tigers at Leichhardt, fuck me, how exciting. And it's the same exactly. thing with... like Suburban grounds are a must because it's that's where the tribalism breeds from. Everybody talks about it, but but these, these big money pricks don't want it and it just fucks the whole game. And you, that's all sports are like that. They, suburban grounds are where it is at. That's why if you know if Brisbane put a team in Ipswich, I can guarantee you that team would that that would be that team would eventually be bigger. They'll because play half the games out of Suncorp, I guarantee you. I well, guarantee yeah, you they'll play half the games out of Suncorp. You reckon that'll happen? Yeah, I do, and I think it will be Redcliffe that get in. Redcliffe are massive. They've got so much money, like over a hundred million dollars in the coffers. They are stacked with dosh. They have got a monstrous, monstrous junior base, right? Like from. From under sevens all the way up to Q Cup, they are stacked. They have got the stadium. They can build a bigger stadium if they had to. They are in prime, prime position to be the next NRL club. Absolutely, the Redcliffe Dolphins. But yeah, they, but they will be forced by the Queensland government to play half of their games out of Suncorp. I bet you. they shouldn't because they will. Though up, I bet you. Yeah, up there they could create an atmosphere, like you said, to create that tribalism. That they're from the north and. You know, Brisbane's Brisbane. But, I mean, isn't there a new... The new name for the Brisbane team has already been confirmed, hasn't it? Oh, I'm not too sure. Because I've seen banners around... Firehawks I've been, I've seen, yeah, it's Firehawks. I've seen banners around the city of it. That's an awful name for rugby league. It is terrible. That's it. It's like... You know when you like used to create a team on Madden or FIFA and they had those real dodgy generic names? The generic like, names yeah, that you couldn't choose? And like, the yeah. shitty logos? That's yep. what this feels like to me. The Brisbane Absolutely, Firehawks. Mate. Oh, Go fucking suck it, bloody dick. Yuck. Um, Terrible, mate. Terrible. Oh, well, well, that's been enjoyable, Tommy. I'll, uh, yeah, mate, it's not bad. Uh, I mean, we've got a lot to talk about, a few sports we've ticked off. but There's, uh, gonna more. there's always going to be more to talk there's about. There's going to be more to talk about, mate. But, uh, you know, we'll talk about the Premier League on the next one. That should be exciting. Or a lot that's to talk the best about thing there. about sport. It never stops. It never it's stops, always mate. always got something to talk and about. we never stop. No, never. I've tried to today. Put the feet up for five minutes. Didn't go down well. Let me tell you. <laughs> Can't do it, mate. Righto, Cobber. Talk to you. All right, mate. See you later. See you, mate. Bye.